Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up and welcome back to the Kinda Funny Screencast. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the big daddy, Greg Miller. Hello. The producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. The boys are back in town. The Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. Good morning, everybody. And making his return to Kind of Funny, but his first appearance on the Kind of Funny screencast, we have the one and only Fuego Del Sol from AEW. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. So happy to talk about this show. I could explode into a million pieces. (laughs) Oh, yes. Absolutely. You want to be the first. (laughs) Of course, we are talking about The Boys Season 3, Episodes 1 through 3, because this is the kind of funny screencast where each and every week we get together to talk about the latest in TV, movies, and trailers. Uh, You can check it out on YouTube.com slash kindoffunny or roosterteeth.com. You can also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Screencast, and we'll be right there for you. If you want to get the show ad free and watch live as we record it you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny just like our patreon producers gordon mcguire molecule and fargo brady have done today we're brought to you by chime credit karma and MeUndies, but i'll talk to you about that later uh screencast is going to be popping the fuck off the next couple weeks <laughs> because uh we got starting next week we will be doing weekly reactions to the boys star wars obi-wan kenobi and miss marvel um, so that's going to be very exciting times. Uh, and then on the in review front, we're going to be doing Jurassic World, uh, Dominion, which Greg Miller is really excited about. Yeah, uh, and then we're going to start sorry doing about the four. ratings, everybody. I'm sorry about the ratings. They're going to talk sense in these idiots. So go check out the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom review if you want to see how unhinged Greg Miller can actually get because somehow it's more than you could ever even imagine. But stay tuned to in review and screencast for all of your entertainment needs here at Kind of Funny. It's going to be a very good time. Uh, But enough of that stuff. Let's get right into it. It's been a long, long wait. Fuego, I want to start with you. What did you think about the first three episodes of The Boys Season 3? And just by the way, full spoilers for from here on out. Full spoilers for these things. That's how we do for these TV reviews. Fuego, go for it. Man, what a show. What a show. I, I've never seen some, a show go for it as much as this show did. I haven't had an overwhelming sense of shock in this first scene at this party with Termite since the first season of when A-Train ran through his girlfriend. It was such a holy shit moment. Uh, I, I very much enjoyed it even some of the subplots the smaller things going on it i i am so all in on every character uh and seeing where this goes because it's a show unlike anything i think we've ever seen before and uh i'm so glad it's back i didn't realize how much i missed the boys in my life until these three episodes dropped Andy Cortez, you were the late adopter to the boys. Uh, you, I remember, didn't watch season one as we were watching it. But later, you went back, watched it on your your Twitch, got obsessed with it, and joined us for season two. Where you at with season three so far? Yeah, man. It's just, it's so consistently good, and it does shock value 
in a way that doesn't ever just feel like shock value because i think there's just so many damn interesting things happening all over the place and i think uh like fuego just mentioned the the sort of uh b plot and c plot stuff happening i think this time around is more interesting than the prior seasons uh where i don't ever feel like they were necessarily bad but maybe we didn't really care a whole lot about the deep and go him going through his struggles because everything else was just so magnified but i f like it, having that moment with homelander being like i'm the fucking homelander and i don't care like you can put me on blast and then i'm actually going to do what i get to do because my base has been riled up and i've seen what happens when i speak my mind it's just um Another kind of like too close to home sort of <laughs> some things <laughs> happening with this show pulled from the headlines. Yeah, but it's 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 just so well done, and I don't I, I I'm waiting for them to miss. I'm waiting to have an episode <laughs> that doesn't really intrigue me, but everything has just been so damn uh, well done and well paced out as well. Nick, yeah, I mean I'm right there with you guys. I I looked forward to this show coming back. I hope they keep doing this show forever because to Andy's point, they don't they're, they're not missing yet. I haven't seen an episode that I haven't been incredibly enthralled with i don't think ever in this series i don't think they've had even even some of the episodes that are less fun than the other ones that are just developing some of the side stories i'm still fascinated by um they could do a whole series of grace mallory down in uh, nicaragua or wherever she was right with, uh, with with payback squad and all that stuff and i'm just so i would be fascinated by that the soldier boy character coming in uh, and this mystery of whether or not they actually have a weapon uh for to, to kill homelander which is which seems to be the overarching uh, plot of the entire uh, season is fascinating to me and absolutely awesome. And just the fact that they're able to, after how many seasons, this is season four. Is that what it is? Three, three, three. but there was still, the animated thing in between. Right. That makes sense. Um, it still keep me absolutely terrified of Homelander yeah. is, is such is, is just speaks to the volume of how, how good their storytelling is with this. And D walked in, uh, my wife walked in for like, one second watched a couple scenes and she's like god he's terrifying yeah. and and it's not because of what it's not because of his power it's because anthony Starr is so good at being that conniving manipulative piece of shit and it's 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 and and then you've got also uh the stan edgar character uh who's just also so fascinating and then what's going on with natalie or, or, or victoria whatever her name is this this it's all this stuff is just so many cool plot threads that i can't wait to see how they unwind Greg Miller. Yeah, you know, Fuego said at the top, like, you know, he didn't realize how much he missed it. And I feel like that's a perfect way to encapsulate it, where, you know, we had this ongoing uh, discussion, right? Gary Wood was just on the Kind of Funny podcast, and we talked about, obviously, the Disney Plus weekly releases versus Netflix binge model and stuff like that. And I feel like the boys happens like a hurricane, and when it's done, we're on to the next thing, and I don't find myself thinking of it like i enjoy it in the moment i love it in the moment i you know i think the cast is so good and what they do with the superhero genre is so good that when i started up episode well, actually before i even started episode one shout out to our friends at ign i went and watched there here's everything the recap on all three Me seasons too. max scoville did a great I'm job sure god that. he's great at vo uh and i was like uh-huh and even some of the stuff they were saying I was like i vaguely remember that okay okay yeah oh, blah, blah. and to jump into it and get going again and get reintroduced to these characters and where they are you know a year after the events of season two it was like Oh my God, like I forgot how much I loved the show and I love how much they play off each other. And there's things, you know, little story threads and stuff we'll get into as we start really picking it apart that I'm not like 100% there for, but I'm with Andy where I think 
the B plot overall, I am more engaged in this time around. And I think it is a simpler through line. And the same thing Nick said, going to see the Colonel as a young woman out there dealing with having to deal with, uh, you know, uh, Jason Eccles and all this stuff was awesome. And I like that flashback and I like how, how cool she is. Anthony Starr, as you said, yes, is great at giving this unhinged uh, Homelander uh, thing. And, you know, when he stepped up to Starlight and was like, all right, release the video. But realize this is how I would take everything apart. You're like, damn, that's awesome. But Tim, what do you think? Uh, absolutely in love like there's a level of like specialness that i think comes from nailing satire that the original thing itself can't ever fully hit because the satire has to be steps ahead of it right so no matter how good something is if something can properly satirize it i feel like there's that extra credit of like oh wow like you found what made that thing work and you're questioning it looking at it from a different perspective and etc etc the boys from season one all the way to now, including the little animated thing that it did, uh, I think has built the single best superhero world we have ever seen in TV and movies, I would say, so oh, far. Wow. Where Better than just, MCU. Uh, it, it's different. It's different. Sure. But I think that in just in talking about the world and how it works and all the different elements, and I think the reason I'm saying that is because the MCU exists. So they're able to just look at it and sure. kind of po poke fun of it and – there's an understanding in a language that we all uh, can can just watch things. And when we see the Vought Studios logo, we understand the implications of what that means. You know, when we see the the Snyder Cut jokes and stuff, like it, it it's totally one of those if you know, you know things. But it's also like it perfectly feeds into the story that they're telling. And there's a, a level of just brilliance to this show, I think, that – I haven't felt since South Park. And I think a lot of that has to do with the ability to take complex matters and really shallow matters, put them together. So like superhero comic book, just nothing dumb fight fight stuff, but then also the deep complexities of superheroes and what they can be and what we've seen Superman and Batman and, and sure. so many uh, X-Men, so many stories over time tell where it's like all superheroes are at their best is looking at humans and trying to figure out like how to tell stories about that, right? And I think that the ability for these things to feel as timely as the South Park seven days to air type thing, but consistently season to season, where every season feels like it is reflecting our exact moment right now in a way that almost feels impossible to have guessed. But the sad thing is it's the most obvious thing in the world, right? Like it's like so not hard because like, yeah, of course there's going to be a, the Joe Rogan type, uh, the Trump type, like uses of power and popularity as uh, uh, the, the, the key metric for power overall. Um, and on top of all that stuff, it's just things like the design of the seven tower. And the design of all the costumes and the quality of all of it and the decisions they make with their VFX and the moments that they're going to have, whether they're going to play something like a joke, play it seriously, play it scary. Like they mm -hmm. just, I think, make the right calls every step of the way. And I yeah. think that the show, the longer it goes on, similar to the MCU, it builds upon itself and it's building its trust with us that we're going to let them go a little further, a little further, a little further. And it's at the point now that when you really break it down – the A plot is probably the least interesting plot we've ever seen in The Boys because it is just the good guys are trying to kill the bad guy. Like, yeah. that is like the most basic superhero shit ever, but they somehow have turned that simple thing into the most complex uh, superhero story that I've experienced in a very long time where every single plot is adding up to me, every single thing is interesting. And the the one thing that I'm, I, I'm a little hesitant about 
is watching it and i'm like all right cool they're referencing a lot of the stuff the woke stuff the the blm stuff like all this but are they actually BLM, saying, BLTs. <laughs> the, yeah exactly all of that it's like but are they actually saying something with it or are they just kind of like referencing how life is right now right and my argument is i think they are and i think the point of this whole idea that popularity is power it's almost the reverse of what the show is the show is popular and they are putting these ideas out there and there's a very clear good guys and bad guys and i think that they are using that that is the message, and um, I applaud them for it because I think that they are doing an absolutely phenomenal job. Great I'm with man. you, and I think it's – yeah, it's not lost when you watch it and see that, right? Because, again, we're t- the BLM, BLTs, and all the other like rainbows and stuff, right? Like it's a soulless corporation trying to latch on to real movements and use them what to was, sell you a sandwich. world called? Like Inclusion World or something like that? Inclusive, yeah, yeah, and they have that all kingdom, over the, all over yeah. Vault World, right, and have they have that. And I think you know if you have even – a moment of watching the show long enough you think about it like you know when uh, uh the deep was starting to get it on in front of the octopus uh, and his wife took off her shirt jen's like you know surprising lack of titties in this show and i was like is it surprising because they're showing a lot of male asses and a lot of penises <laughs> and it was i'm like it's flipping everything on its head and making fun of what you'd expect out of a action-packed you know this is what we're gonna do for a either action movie or a dark superhero world there's what the right. tropes of uh, how women in sex scenes are p- portrayed in film in general right and i think to your point tim like doing satire right and you're talking about doing it you know in a different way of the original and stuff like it's interesting to see how the show has evolved and i honestly think is so much smarter than the comic ever was and that's somebody who you know read a lot of the comic i never saw it all the way through but was a big fan of it you know and then it got canceled and got brought back and yeah i was there for all that and it was that thing of like the comic was very graphic here's titties and here's sex and we're using it in a salacious sexy way to tantalize you and be like how crazy like this one obviously has sex in it and stuff but it's i mean but i think it's interesting that Huey and Starlight's relationship of having sex in a, in a loving relationship is like the, oh, that's attractive. It's not sexy necessarily. It's heartwarming. And we're glad to see Huey and Starlight have moments of happiness. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you see the deep, you know, getting pounded or whatever, like it's never like, yeah, this is hot. It's always like, oh, God, this is like that extreme thing of like how bent everybody is in this universe. Well, and also you have the, his relationship with his wife, which is com- a complete farce, right? And, mm-hmm. and her at the end, that scene where he's like, that's my friend. The fucking octopus. <laughs> and he's like, he's praying. Like, it oh was, my God. Dude, that, that Timothy scene was amazing. Or Timothy, you know, that's what it was. Tony. You know that that was such an improv moment. Uh, he's praying right now. <laughs> like, God, praying, that was terrifying. Praying. But you know, I'll, I'll say one of, the, one of the things that I really, really like about the show is I was, I was as you were talking, Greg, it's no surprise I was using that time to think about other stuff to say instead of listening of to it. Yeah, of um, course, it's great. But, I put up a screenshot of you know us at the thing, and it took me a good three and a half minutes to get you to look at the camera for the screenshot because <laughs> you just went over here the entire time while Nick, Tim was giving the introduction. So yeah, fair enough. Um, what what I love, and I was I was trying to think about, I'm like, what is the big action set piece from the first three episodes? Mm. And I couldn't think about it because termite. all the moments, termite was yeah, that was good. I guess um, I was thinking of that and, and the the South or the Central America. Where is Nicaragua? Mm-hmm. South America. Um, that that part was great too, but the, the the moments that stand out to me in this series aren't the action sequences for sure. And in fact, I don't I don't really care so much for them. I think they're great, and obviously they do what I think action sequences should do, which is kind of punctuate some of the the other things we're we're dealing with with these characters. But the the sequences that really stick out in my brain, like the one that really sticks out, is when he lands to stop the girl from jumping off the building, and then just says "fuck it, you're jumping," and it's such a twist and such a quick like turn on a dime for him that it is is terrifying. That that's what this show is all about, right? It's it's about taking that expectation and just twisting it 
just twisting it to something so fucking dark. And yeah, I mean, like, I, this is what I always, when we saw, when we watched Peacemaker, I was like, that, that might be the closest analog to this, even though I don't think, and this is no disrespect to the Peacemaker team. I think I love that show and I hope they keep making those episodes and shout out to James Gunn and the guys. But this show is what every, every dark, twisted, fucked up comic book show should aspire to be. Mm. I was trying to explain it to one of my friends. I was like, man, how do you describe the show? And I, Tim kind of nailed it. I, I said it was like, it's, it's if Game of Thrones kind of met South Park. But you had that care and love of an MCU type with it because it meshes it so well. And and like you said, with all the satire, I felt like it's I was trying to I was fighting with that, too. Is it just referencing these things? You know, the commercialization of the woke movement or or the, the gun troll, even like toddlers and tiaras of how they flip that on its head at the end. There's so many things that it goes after everything. It, it's very fair and like anyone can get it. Everyone can get it. And. At the end of the day, it's good TV. It's absolutely good yeah. TV. And to go with to Nick was saying, that was the first time we got to see Homelander kind of be Homelander again in the season. And you mm. immediately feel that overwhelming anxiety hit when he starts talking to this girl and that dread. Just when he when he turns it on, Anthony Starch cannot be touched as Homelander. And it was such a oh, it, it gives me chills thinking about that moment of him like, no, no, you're gonna go. Do it. Do it. Maybe you should. Before we move on, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Me Undies. I love Me Undies from head to toe, all over my body. If you don't believe me, of course, right now I'm wearing the Me Undies shirt. You can tell by the little tag going on right there, right? I got the Me Undies lounge shorts going on. Of course, I got the Undies, and then boom, Me Undies socks, baby. That's how we do out here at Kind of Funny. I love being soft head to toe in the micro modal fabric. You already know all about that, but if you don't. Let's face it, summer's sweaty, but your butt doesn't have to be. With MeUndies light and breathable micromodal fabric, you can stay comfy and cool all summer long. They have super fun seasonal prints and tons of styles to choose from. But if you just like classic black, that's totally cool too. They got a bunch of just bold colors for you to go for. They have super fun seasonal prints, tons of styles and sizes extra small to 4XL. So you can bring the beach to your butt without ever leaving your living room. MeUndies has a great offer for all of you first time purchasers. You can get 15% off. If you sign up for their free to join membership, you can apply that 15% off to their already discounted membership prices. To get 15% off your first order and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash kind of funny. That's MeUndies.com slash kind of funny. Tell them Tim Getty sent you. Shout out to Chime for sponsoring this episode. No one likes waiting on a paycheck, especially when you've got bills due. Good thing there's Chime. Now you can get your paycheck up to two days early without direct deposit. That's up to two more days to save, pay bills, and generally just feel good about your money situation. But Chime is about more than just getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card, and optional savings account. Uh, so. What are you waiting for? Hopefully not your paycheck. Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. Get started at chime.com slash KF games. That's C-H-I-M-E dot com slash KF games. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Get started at chime.com slash KF 
games. Shout out to Credit Karma for sponsoring this episode. Want a new credit card but not sure how to choose? You don't need to apply for the first offer that you see in the mail. Credit Karma can help you zero in on the right option for you and apply with more confidence. I love Credit Karma. I've been using it for years to check my credit profile, make sure everything is good and on the up and up. Uh, credit Karma uses your credit profile to show you offers that are tailored to your financial situation. Credit Karma partners with a wide range of card issuers so you can be sure that you're exploring all sorts of options. Best of all, Credit Karma uses your credit data to show you your chances of approval before you even apply, helping you apply with more confidence. Comparing cards on Credit Karma is 100% free and most importantly, will not affect your credit score. That is huge. Credit Karma, create your own karma. Ready to find the right card for you? Head to Credit Karma and check out your personalized mix of offers today. That's creditkarma.com or hit up the Credit Karma app to find the right card for you. That's creditkarma.com. Sorry, Fuego. Sorry to cut you off there. It was great. It was great. Uh, uh, I was, I was going to say, and then leading into at the end, Fuego, with like putting Starlight in one of the scariest, creepiest oh. situations, which I did not see coming at all. And uh, it, obviously, I think it's to go f to change your mood from this is funny as hell to reintroduce the deep on this show and the contestants are like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> like, I guess you're, I guess none of us are winning it. They're bringing back the deep. So that's the final spot in the seven to go from that moment of hilarity. And like, that's a funny, genuine moment to, by the way, me and starlight are dating. We're together now. And God damn, you just feel this pit in your stomach. Right. And well, I think, it, I think it's just like, it is perfect TV. Yeah. It, it was a great way to double down on it, right? Because, yeah, there's the hilarity of these two people finding out that, no, the deep's back, your dream's over. But then there is that moment of, like, all right, Starlight's got to suck it up and have the man who sexually assaulted her be on stage, right? And then she has to also suck it up and act like she forgives him and that it was her idea. And, then, and just as you're able, like, as a viewer to be like, what a fucking horrible situation for her to be in, but we understand why she's doing it and she understands why she's doing it, then to have that tossed on her, right? And then to have the... Reaction from her, the great callback to the beginning of the episode, right? With the fist Band, of anger behind her back, back, right? Yeah. But then you start running through what it means for her and Huey. My one thing about episode three while we're here that I didn't, I felt like I, I, we were retreading was the conversation between Huey and Annie on the phone where he was like, you have to stay, like do it. Like I want to leave. I, I feel like we've done this conversation before in these, and for both of them in these, like, I feel like I at this That's point, and, and I'm literally talking about a, a minute where I'm just like, all right, let's. I feel like we've had this conversation. Are you going to break mm -hmm. up about this? You're going to do whatever. No, you're just going to accept it. Okay, like I understand we need to verbalize it or and double down, but I feel like we could have doubled down and not made it seem like we were breaking new ground. See, but th I think this is where we start getting some of the, like the 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 commentary that Tim was talking about, right? Where it's like that this is where we start to learn like what people go through in real life. Like you know, I mean, this is obviously. You know, uh, uh, the theme of this is that, you know, she is a young woman in, in this corporate world and she has to deal with a lot of shit to actually be able to affect any sort of change. And obviously, yeah, that was that was some of the themes of the first couple seasons as well. But you're seeing that here, right? You're seeing what she has to struggle with and what she has to deal with in order to be heard. And that's a very, very powerful thing, similar to how when they walk into the janky ass Vought land that looks like it's just like everything's paper thin. That is what a lot of corporations you know, that that is a commentary on how the corporations kind of see a, a lot of these movements. It's like, we're just going to do the bare minimum to let people know that we care. Uh, and then we're going to get them into the park and have them spend a lot of money on these. On, I love I love where it's like, it's inclusion lane, but it's like the donuts with the the burgers in the middle of it. And these kids yeah, are just yeah. stuffing oh, their yeah. face with that stuff. It's like such yeah, a great yeah. visual. 
yeah, to your point though, Nick, I feel like again we're I think we're on the same page. We're at different points. Like I feel Annie's conversation to Huey when she was like uh, when they had the debate of her being co-captain said all this enough to then yeah. get to again outside sure. of the trailer and the phone call being hey Homelander's crazy and he's getting, like yeah we've known he's crazy we know like I get it like you you knew this but when you punched your ticket. And had I to go I, I, I completely disagree, Greg, because we needed the moment of Huey. We needed that moment of dialogue for the viewers to have that. That moment of him saying, Butcher was "Look, right. do, you got to stay." Butcher was right. Doing yeah. it our doing it the right and correct way is not going to work. We have to play dirty. And I feel like I had never really seen Huey say something like that. Of course, he's going back with Butcher, so we know he feels it. But having him say it on screen, I think, was really important to be like. But I feel no, like he, he could have said that without Annie having it. Feel like she's gonna try to back down on the fact that she was the one who was gung ho on this. I understand your it's real life too. Of like, you have doubts even when you're 100 sure of yourself. But I just didn't sure. like that one conversation from her. Interesting. But to add to Andy's point, there was also two very important bits of dialogue in that conversation. Of one, it was, "Hey, we might have found a weapon to kill Homelander," and it was to let Huey know that. She threatened him with the video, and he no longer cares anymore. Yeah, and Which so I, it was it was nuts. So I feel like care. they both needed that, and then Huey would be like, "Hey, I need you to stick it out for it to immediately turn," and then her be like, "Okay, not only am I going to stick it out, but I got to pretend to date this man." Yeah. I feel like it sets up the next episode very well. Of, oh, Huey's going to be like, "That's not what I meant. This yeah. is not what sure, I want," sure, sure. and it, and it, and at least it sets up something for the future where it's not just retreading water in a sense of no point to it. At least it kind of reminds you of all those things you need to get to. And it also sets up the issue with her and Sonic Boom? Supersonic. 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 For, for Supersonic to say, you know what, I am joining the Seven. I do have your back. And we need that sort of tension to sort of drive right. that. It's not only her and Homelander that Huey's worried about. Uh, he's always been worried about Supersonic. And now Supersonic comes back as, hey, I have your back. And her saying... Wow, you know, it, it is nice to have someone have my back. You know, we we need that moment to sort of drive that wedge in between um, uh, Starlight and Huey. I'm curious when the other shoe will drop on that though, because Loki, you know, part of him is just greedy. He just wants to be in this thing, right? Like he's the he's obviously, uh, you know, talked about how he's had to degrade himself with this song over and over and over again as an as an adult man. And I'm I'm curious to see if that's going to backfire on her her trust in him when he gets into the seven and what what's going to happen there. Maybe, but I do think that the the, the I don't direction... trust anyone in this in this in this show, Andy. <laughs> I do think that the direction of that sequence of him saying I'm dating Starlight, they showed enough shots of Supersonic looking at Starlight and being like, oh, she is not happy about this. Like, I I think they showed it like maybe if they showed Supersonic and he was smiling, too, and super stoked or whatever. But they showed him they there was visible concern of like, oh, this is a, that she was not expecting that to happen. Yeah. And now that I know what she's going through with this piled onto it. This is really sort of fucked up right now. So I don't I think if anybody's super if any of these non main cast characters are going to be genuine and sort of have the the right head on their shoulders, I think it's going to be supersonic. Andy back supersonic, everybody. We'll see how this one plays out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Carl Urban, who I think is just the fucking backbone of the show. And I, I, I know that sounds silly because obviously he's like he's just great in every episode, but. His performance in these in these three episodes, I thought was really, really, really good. Specifically 100%. with the kid, um, him and uh, Laz Alonzo, I think they did great jobs. And the, the themes of like 
the sins of the father being revisited on and, and on, on the son those two specifically i thought that was a really interesting dynamic to see to see um you know mother being brought mother's book being brought back in and like just kind of dragged back in by this thing that that he couldn't get beyond and then butcher just trying for one second to like bond with this kid but then it's always the harry and the hendersons problem greg where it's like you know in order to in order to go into the woods you gotta you gotta yell at the kid to get into the woods for his own good and you know you never want to see it but i love that dynamic sun though but yeah yeah Yeah, he definitely went full butcher again and it's so cool to see uh and i think it's very interesting because like we had that moment of of homelander landing at, at his house and in the past two seasons they've only really had direct one-to-one dialogue in a couple a couple mm-hmm. scenes and it was the first season eight of, of episode eight of the first season episode eight of the second season so to get that immediately this early on and the fantastic back and forth that they had was great and then been, to talk about him wait, and the kid my wait. goodness that lego scene broke me as a it father good. it just that, broke I mean, first me. off this kid is really talented we thought we yeah. talked about this last yeah. season yes, like absolutely. get this kid on youtube this kid had could have 10 million subscribers right now was, um was that scene with homelander Talking to Butcher was that real? I thought that was more of a. Oh, I thought it was real. Oh, it's definitely real. It's totally real. Really? I thought wait, it was what, not what, real too. Wait, what scene? What scene? What scene? The scene where they're at the table the when he, when Butcher doesn't take the green stuff. That was imagination. In. That was his imagination. Yeah, that was his was imagination. It? I'm pretty sure oh, because it was his imagination just... because we see another sequence where Homelander is talking from the TV at Butcher, and that's yeah. like him just sort of visual. Uh. It's 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 like Magic Johnson in a uh, in Showtime looking at Larry Bird, Nick, like. It's sort of him yeah. kind of imagining. Yeah, this you're in your foe, own head. You know? I, I thought yeah. he just. I thought when he looked back, it was just the home. Yeah, I thought it was so super fast. speed that he's got out there. It's terrifying. Interesting. We'll Either way, great performance vision. and a great conversation. I love think that. that was I, awesome. I, and I love. I wanted to, I, two more notable things that I had written down. That I love the Stan Edgar um, Nadia relationship. I think again, Dude. going back into the the mm. father daughter father son sort of relationship, he actually like kind of cares about her, but he can't be her father because. He knows what she is. But then it's like, what is his ultimate goal? It was he really was he serious when he closed the door and was like, I fucking hate superheroes. I want to be out of this business in three years. Like I just the development of the V24 and being like, this is the this is the answer, because these, clearly these superheroes making a superhero permanent is a terrible idea. I love that. But then is he low key using Victoria to like to like keep crowd control on all the superheroes? Or do you think he has different motives? No, a hundred percent to to crowd control. I'm sorry to to interject, but like no, for, for me, that was one of the biggest moments that we got in these three episodes. That it like, because uh, remember, like the the creation of this, uh, the FBSA, I think is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, right, the, yeah, the, the like, FBI for secret people for super they, people. They they created it because they're like, oh, there's an insurrection in Vought that like killed all these people, mm-hmm. and like the reality is that like that kind of is the case or like Vought is still in control of that insurrection that happened and is so wild and like to me like just blew my mind on like how deep Vought has its like control yeah, next of everything level chess, yeah for sure yeah. yeah that's 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 a deep strategy there that you're not seeing coming out but that's why I love I mean I mean no one does it better than Giancarlo Esposito man that well, guy that's, that's the thing man like you were saying that uh shout out to Carl Urban and absolutely but I think that's kind of my favorite thing about this show is that if you were to ask like what is the best thing about the boys I could not give you one answer I would have to give mm-hmm. you like 20 different answers because the the core cast is would be a fantastic answer for that they are so good and the fact that we're three seasons in and Anthony Starr is scarier than he's ever been on the road if he's not already one of the greatest villains period ever in media 
at all. Like he's so damn good, so damn terrifying and and deep and complex and not just evil for evil's sake. Like we get his backstory, mm-hmm. we get his relationships with people and we believe it. But then you look at Jack Quaid, who honestly, man, like to see him from season one till now, like I think that his presence on this show is, I, I would have never thought that he would be able to own every scene that he's in as much as he is in season three. It is so fucking cool to see. And that's just like the core cast, right? And even like looking uh, with with Starlight, Aaron Moriarty's fantastic as well. Like the core people are so good. But then you get to the supporting cast of people like Giancarlo and you're like, holy shit, they're all amazing as well. So stacked. But (laughs) they have a deep bench, man. (laughs) But then the bench, the bench, and this is what I was saying earlier about like the satire level of it allows them to just go above and beyond. Like having Charlize Theron and for oh that God. cameo you know what i mean God, uh, uh, having zane. billy zane as yeah. that cameo it's like there's these like they're allowed to work in a meta way that um a lot of the superhero movies that we love aren't capable of doing because if you get too tongue-in-cheek and too i see what you did there it only works in things like deadpool or like moments of like dr strange multiverse of madness or stuff that like if you know you know of the connections here but like this show has all of the main cast supporting cast that when it has these cameo moments they feel so good and so like enhancing the content Mm -hmm. that they're giving us and it's not just cameos it's also like the use of like licensed music like i feel like this show uses its budget perfectly where it's like we need baby one more time for this we need rock you like a hurricane like a weird town girl man and they use all that stuff to to kind of tell the whole story and like it's just i am i'm so goddamn impressed with the show i mean I was enthralled with the Huey having that reveal that this woman, Congresswoman that he's been working for, uh, he's still back in the shit, you know? Yeah. No matter how hard he tries to get out, they keep pulling him back in. And that's such a, I think he played that so perfectly. Uh, Jack Quaid played that so incredibly well, but that, that moment of her in the alleyway with this friend of hers from her past that they, I guess, both were at this um, halfway house, right? I believe is yeah, what they, they, yeah. Yeah. they were like both at this halfway house together, orphanage. And I think that sequence was like pitch perfect, uh, especially just the way it's acted. It's performed and her putting her hand behind his head and you sort of see her eye and cool the, the blood coming out of his nose like, holy shit, this show is like just finds ways to keep on upping the ante without feeling like it's getting old or stale. Yeah, when she blew hey, his I hand think, off, I was like, oof. <laughs> the acting is, is so well. It, it, seeing a lot of times acting could be hid. Sometimes you just have great dialogue. And if, if it's written great, it's almost impossible to mess up. But then you have these people that you could just by certain looks, by the way. You could t- see how the how troubled they are in their head. How, even with uh, uh, Karen Fukuhara with Kimiko, doesn't say a word, but you can just see the feeling Dude, that she has. Her conversation with Ryan while they played Connect Between Three Ooh. and Five, it was yeah. so good to see them go back and forth and like talk about their powers and her hate her powers. And then her performance in episode one, right, where she oh. walked in on the piano and sang. Mm. And, my, and Jen was like, unless she didn't talk, I'm like, I don't know if this is really happening. Yeah. So yeah. Good. I. I, I just wanted to call it really quick in that alleyway scene. I loved getting a better understanding of how her powers work. Uh, mm. Victoria, I believe is yeah. her name. Yeah. Um, or Nadia. I, I, yeah. Yeah. The, the old Nadia. Um, I thought it was really neat that it had to be, it, it reminded me of just like my hero academia where it has to be like, you have to be making eye contact. This isn't just something she can kind of right. conjure up. And there's the moments where he's holding her face away and she's trying to get a peek at him. And then, 
whatever's in her eye line, in her eye line, like the jaw gets bo- popped yeah. off. Then the top, like it's so brutal, but um, just done in a really cool way. Um, and then yeah, that sequence with Kara, uh, Karen Fukuhara, har- absolutely heartbreaking. Um, and I again, that is a B plot. We are seeing obviously she's in the main cast, but we are seeing how other things are affecting her and where does that take her? We also, what the fuck's happening with friendship? Like there's so many interesting threads, man. Yeah. And the atrium, we haven't talked about the atrium plot, right? Where oh he's, my God. He's lost this speed and he's doing everything he possibly can to stay relevant. And, uh, but I mean, even that scene, I think one of the best scenes of that episode was him reconnecting with his brother and having yeah. his nephews yeah. just dunk on him. Yeah. When his uh, sister-in-law or yeah, sister-in-law pops out, she's like, Oh no, 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 no that's suit's terrible. I just yeah. don't want them talking like that. Yeah. <laughs> and even flip the, the police brutality onto superhero brutality. And yeah. it was a play on that as well. It's everything in this show. Is so, so well done. And it, and I'm usually all for the binge model, but there was so much in these three episodes where I, I felt like it was almost too much ice cream yeah. in a sense yep. of like, yep. Yep. man, I need a moment to breathe. I really want to think about this and I can't wait now for the week to week to kind of hit so I can really digest because there were big moment after big moment. Like at the end of episode one, you had that moment of him, of Huey realizing that, uh, that Victoria is bad. Then you have the moment in the second episode of, of, of butcher eventually taking the the uh superhero fluid and and beats oh my god yeah and it beat that man up as well as as um homelander's birthday party and that speech at the end and i was like man i'm getting no time to breathe before we jump right into the third episode (laughs) of everything going on there and it's much more gory this season i feel like than even (laughs) and and last two seasons were gory but this season is nuts it was a pee hole starts off with a (laughs) was it termite that's the name of the character Mm -hmm. yeah going through a man's pee hole and i and and by the way did anyone in any shape or form not know exactly what was gonna how that scene was gonna end when he sneezed the first time i was like oh no this is not gonna go well i didn't actually did not see him ending uh ending with butcher catching him in a bag of cocaine though that did was not, one that no. yeah that's I knew that was gonna get me that one yeah that yeah. was hilarious was great. i paused go. immediately and and went and showed my wife that scene she doesn't watch the boys that's the first season she couldn't <laughs> do it anymore i was like you gotta you, this is the <laughs> craziest thing i've ever seen you if, you, if you hung in through the whale you could hang in through anything yeah, <laughs> yeah. this pushed the limits for sure there's multiple times i had to look away from uh these three episodes where i was like this is this is just no, a dude. lot her blowing can, the guy's I, jaw off was like that was like, it's oh, a lot. God, oh. You say all that like I don't get me wrong. It was like oh my god, these are grotesque and gruesome moments. For me, it was like uh, when it was Kimiko was gonna break Huey's arm. Yep. Oh, like, yeah. oh yep. man, don't do this, no. Huey. And they I put understand. a trash bag. She puts he puts the trash bag under. There. I was like, what's the trash bag for? Yeah, <laughs> just, oh, yeah. mother's milk trying to keep the flat iron. Oh, OCD. I was laughing. I was that busted me up when he came oh. in. He's like, "This is a b- historical significance." And like, yeah, trash bag. I was dying of laughter just watching Butcher kind of taking the moment and drinking his tea like smiling like god damn like this whole cast is so fucking perfect to fuego's point about the it being a lot like these three episodes each one of them i i don't think that there's any uh change in quality between them i think they're all equally good and uh with that they're all equally dense with everything yeah. it's it's everything all at once where we're getting the most the most graphic shit the most funny stuff the most deep stuff the most like everything happening and it's like uh when we watched when i watched euphoria for the first time i was like i i can't binge this show even though they're all available it's like i need to take it 
one episode at a time, maybe two if I'm feeling fucking crazy, just because it's so much to take in. <laughs> and uh, last night when I when I popped up Amazon Prime and I saw how long the runtimes were for each one of these, like this was a full three hours of content. Yeah. And I was like, I'm strapping in for this and it's going to be a lot. And I was engaged the entire way through. But it is one of those things where I don't know that the, that they needed to drop three. Like it was, it was a lot. And the the counterpoint to myself though is I feel the sweet spot would have been two because throwing you into one episode one, it even watching the recap of uh, seasons one and two, there's so much that has happened in so many relationships mm-hmm. and so many subplots going on that I was like trying to play catch up of like okay, when's the last time we saw you? What's where your situation is? All I that regret stuff. not rewatching it. And then with that, I think that the having more than one episode really helped because now all of us were in the world again. Like we are yeah, caught up. We're, we're, we're totally ready to go with all the plot lines. And we're like stoked for episode four of like, where's the resolution going? What's going on? And what, what what are our predictions for Butcher and his superpower stuff not going away after 24 hours and vomiting over Huey and that sort of final sequence? Do we think I think it's going to be I think do we think drug. he uses the bomb to like kill himself or something like that. I think it's going to be a struggle with him becoming an addict. I think that's going to be the thing. Because he's he's showing classic withdrawals. He's showing withdrawal symptoms. And so I would assume he's going to get hooked on the stuff and have to keep going and keep going. And that'll become then the race to keep going and then eventually confess that to the boys or they find out and it's a huge problem. Right. Mm. Up to the soup tomorrow. juice, you know. What you what yeah. would you do to get some of that soup juice? Oh Nick? my god! I don't know. Oh, no. I, you know, you know. I've been looking over. Yeah, Fuego, you're looking a little heartbeat. buffer than usual. You know what I mean? You know somebody this soup juice. <laughs> what? Oh man. Uh, uh, Tim, Nick, what are your predictions there? Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with Greg on this one. I think it's going to be him. Obviously, it's the it's the classic struggle of like, I don't want to take the thing. And then, of course, when you take the thing, you get addicted to the thing because now he can beat the shit out of any. Now he's got Homelander's powers. And, of course, that's going to be that's going to set them up for an interesting dynamic because they're going to square off. And I still don't think he's going to be as powerful as Homelander. I, the more curious thing for me is what is this weapon if there is a weapon? Because something's going on gonna with be a person, Soldier Boy. Is but, it a person or did he just no, did he just but, uh, go to Russia and Well, I don't think so Boy's dead. Yeah, I don't think Soldier Boy's dead. Yeah, I mean they yeah, no, showed him in the trailer. No, 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 he's yeah. not dead. He's so, probably in, you know, he's it's Captain America, right? So he's in some kind of deep freeze kind of situation that they'll bust him out for or whatever yeah. they've been doing and like yeah. they've been, you know, taking his blood super soldier serum, right? Probably trying to make their own soups over there and hasn't been working or something. Yeah. But I think it's going to be a person or some kind of program, yeah, that's been kept But we haven't seen we haven't seen anyone this weapon at all, right? No, we see. It? Yeah, I don't because think it's, it's not. A, yeah, I don't think it's a literal weapon. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think, I think he's the, the only thing, the only thing that'll ever probably be able to kill Homelander is his son Ryan, and and I feel like that's the ultimate. That's the ultimate weapon when you think that's about it. But he's not ready yet. You know. Yeah, and he, you, you gotta I, I train him up like Go, like Gohan. You know. <laughs> don't, but I'll take it. <laughs> Dragon Ball. Um, it, it's interesting where I, I th- being three episodes into this season, there's only eight, so we only have we have five left, and I feel like there's been so much in this kind of like first act uh, of setting things up that it, how hard they went with Homelander and with his speech he gave that was so fucking terrifying of the I'm fucking Homelander, like when he was talking to Star uh, Light and gave her the whole idea of like yeah, leak the fucking tape and eventually i'm going to destroy everything i'm just going to be the the ruler of the entire fucking world and it's like does he actually have the means to do that because like they kind of set up and shown so far that yeah if he decides to do that it's game fucking over but can people team up against him and i i think the to answer the question about what i think is going to happen with butcher it's like i don't think that we have enough information now to to see where they're going because it's like that they're setting it up that it's going to be this fight but it's like I just don't understand how a fight is going to work with Homelander. Andy? 
I, you bringing up that, that speech that we've already kind of talked about uh, a little bit, but I loved him talking about, well, first I'd go after the defense systems and then I'd go after like cellular networks. Like, God damn, he just, he is so methodical and conniving with every word that he says. He's fantasized about this, right? He knows he wants to do this. He's like, he's just itching for a reason to go to full on to that dark side on that one. Absolutely. He's got that great line. I'd rather be, I'd I'd like to be loved, but. But I, I fears, I'm okay with being yeah. feared. Yeah, <laughs> I think he said it's something you crazy. Like, but fear is just a okay with me or something. Yeah, like okie dokie <laughs> with me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like so creepy. Yeah, One that was thing- a great sequence. But also, I wanted to call just that sequence with the woman who wanted to jump off the building when yeah. he yeah. gets the news. And and I loved having all the PR at the bottom. Obviously, sort of like yeah, hey, Ash we're gonna, like fuck. <laughs> we're gonna try to like yeah, we're gonna try to raise his Q score or whatever. Uh, and film him, you know, helping a young lady who's about to commit suicide. And then, yeah, God damn it. And you're like, wait, what's happening? What's going on? And then, bam, there she is, a storm, storm front. front. And she... Do we feel like she's dead? Killed herself. I think she is. She, if you like die off camera... It, yeah, know? exactly. If you die off camera, you're usually not dead. Some point, yeah, but something's I mean, like, happening what with kind her. of life was she living there as, like... Just... But I think then they bring her back, like, as a Darth Vader. Yeah, probably scooped her up out of there and do something. I think it's less that. I think I think you're gonna find her like hooked up to machines later, like being mined for her blood or something like that. Because she was remember she was super powerful. Sure. One quick thing, I I think to Andy's question and then what uh, Tim had said, right? Of like what's going on with Butcher and the the drugs and what's gonna happen there. And then Tim's like, I don't see somebody who can fight Homeland or how does that work? I wouldn't be surprised maybe if it builds to Butcher having to take multiple doses and kind of over uh, overdosing on the mm, the ODing. new compound, the, whatever they call this compound V, uh, to then fight V24. Homelander. A twenty four. V twenty four. V twenty four. Yeah, there's there's that marketing is still working it out. Edgar's talking uh, about it and he keeps correcting the guy and being like V twenty four. It's uh, yeah. it's V twenty four. Also, shout outs to like young Edgar. I feel like really good casting Great. there. Yeah, he's yeah, really he's, you can tell yeah, he studied yeah. Giancarlo. Yeah. And then I gotta shout out that line in in, in episode two of him, like of Gian saying, "What's your party? You can cry if you want to." Dude, it was yeah. so good. <laughs> that delivery, man. Like he's just so damn good at that stuff. Like I love that. I love seeing the... Noir with the mask. Like yeah, dude. And that yeah. was so fucking brutal. Like it was yeah. so sad. The conversations leading to it too. It's like this show, man. It got the stuff. I loved the the Anthony Star at the end, just being like hashtag home light. Like yeah, it's like, so oh, twice. But he had to see it twice. I love that they have to do a second tape on, take on it. Yeah, I love that. The, I love the meta commentary of the show of like we've got these real life superheroes. Not only are we commoditizing them across the board with like toys and all this shit, but we also have the Justice League movie. But then we're also going to degrade it so far, debase it so much that we're going to go into uh, reality television. They got the Bachelorette of. Uh, 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 of 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 this this world, which we can all agree is like just the the base lowest possible form of art, the Bachelorette. <laughs> that was just for Tim. I just You're wanted to see Tim. I, I know it was for me. I know everyone knew it was just for Tim. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's so good. And then having him, I mean, just go back to John uh, Carlo Esposito for a second. I loved. I think that the most poignant thing he said, and I think this is kind of sums up the the series in general, is when we was talking about power. Right? Power for him is not about being able to like move mountains or fly. It's about being having that ability to change the world with just what I would just bend the world I think is what he said to your will and that's what he does he did that in, in Breaking Bad I thought he'd so well and in this one it's just so cool to have him no matter what ha- find that control over Homelander but I'm curious to see 
because uh, Elizabeth Shue had that as well. She did it in a different way, and it didn't go so well for her. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with Stacey. Was yeah, her the, son the that thing. kid who was disappearing? The teleporting? It, yeah, maybe. I think so. She said st- the they name. said her name was Stillwell. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Oh. Oh, yeah, that so was that's... the kid's name. Yeah. Has it been that long? I, it, it that's has like calling your kid Skywalker jump, right? and trying to hide him. That was weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it's been a one-year jump. jump from the end of mm-hmm. season two. Yeah. yeah. So, we, we're running out of time here, unfortunately, uh, for to talk about these first three episodes. But we will be back next week, actually, with a very different crew of people because Greg and I are going to be uh, down in L.A. doing um, modern E3 stuff, Summer Game Fest. What's it called? Play Days? Play Days, yeah. Play days. Stay tuned to YouTube.com slash kind of funny games, twitch.tv slash kind of funny games for all of Summer Game Fest shenanigans that we're going to be doing. Uh, but because of that, we're going to be out, which means it'll be a different crew. Don't know exactly who's going to be on that yet, but it's going to be a fun time. We'll be talking about episode four, and then we will be doing these for uh, weekly, every single episode till the end. Uh, Fuego, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you? Fuego del Sol on Twitter, Fuego del Sol underscore Instagram, uh, and then AEW on Wednesday and Friday nights, TBS, TNT, and then AEW YouTube channel. Check us out. Hell yeah, man. Till next time. Love you all. Goodbye.